Yeah, yeah. What's going on, everyone? Welcome back to another week of Unscripted. Before we get into this week's episode of my special guest, I just want to give some quick background into who my guest is. This week's guest is Jody Williams. For those of you who do not know Jody, Jody is a sprinter for Great Britain, right? She has, honestly, she's lived a couple lives, right? You want to hear something crazy and you'll hear about it when we get into it. She went 151 races without being unbeaten. So from 2005 to 2010, she did not lose a single race. That is mad. During this conversation, you know, you kind of get to see the evolution of where she was to where she is now and to where she's trying to get to. And it's truly remarkable to see, you know, she went on to represent GB Um, many different times in her senior career, including becoming an Olympian in 2016 when she represented GB um, at the Rio Olympic Games. She drops a lot of great advice, a lot of wisdom over her years and her experiences that I think you will get a lot from. Do me a quick favor, head on over to Apple Podcasts and leave a rating or review on the podcast. It will go a long way. We truly appreciate it. If you would like to support the podcast, head on over to www.akeeminspires.com. Find the section where it says podcast and check out some of the ways that you can best help and keep this podcast moving and grooving. Enjoy the episode. Oh, before I leave, I almost forgot. Let me leave you with this week's quote of the day. It's a quote that I think with this conversation, it goes hand in hand. This week's quote of the day is by Susie Kasim, where she says, If the fire in your heart is strong enough, it will burn away any obstacles that come your way. Enjoy. Jody. Hello. Yeah, I'll tell you, technology never wants me to be great. <laughs> How's it going? It's going good. It's going good. What's, yeah. what's the weather over there saying right now? Do you know what? It's actually a very nice day today. It's been very up and down, but it's like 20-ish degrees and sunny. So I can't complain about that. You know, whenever whenever I go to England, people always tell me, oh, it's going to be rainy and this and that. But literally every time over there, it's sunny and it's nice. So that's a big plus. For real? Mm-hmm. You've got super lucky. <laughs> super so lucky. I'm, I'm, I'm excited to have you on today because I think there's a lot of things, well, a lot of things that I want to discuss that we'll try to compress in under an hour. But I also think um you're a person that doesn't really do too many interviews too often and so i think i think this will be good um one of the things that i want to get into first is you're a person who has handled a tremendous amount of pressure over the years especially at an early age and mm-hmm. the first <laughs> the first memory that i have of you um, we, we, we had the same, we have the same coach as Stuart McMillan. Right. So I remember I was like, what, maybe 16, 17, I'm in training, right. I'm in training. I'm literally going through a block session and Stu calls me over. He was like, Hey man, look at this. And it's you. And it showed me one of your races. Literally. I think it was, you're running the rounds of some race. And so 
I said, so does that mean like practice is done? Like, are we watching? Like, like I don't, I don't understand. <laughs> but I read somewhere where you went unbeaten in 151 races. Is that correct? Yeah, that is correct. What would you say? Let's start here. Where are you from originally? I am from originally as in ancestor-wise <laughs> or originally as in as like, where was I born? <laughs> I was born in um, just outside London in Hertfordshire in England. Everybody out in the UK, man. Um, but what was what was growing up for you like? You know, like I think sometimes um, in different situations, different positions, positions uh there's a lot of external things you know sometimes there's violence sometimes there's distractions of all things but what was growing up for you like um i mean growing up for me was um it was pretty pretty pleasant i can't lie um it was very i'll say this growing up for me was a very different experience to mm-hmm what most people grew up like I guess like my experience was always very um or has been very sport focused and performance focused from a very young age um so yeah growing up for me was always like there's at no point in my even when I was super young like sport has always been a part of my life and and so was performance so um yeah I mean in terms of that like it was it was a little different to to other people's um I was pretty focused and pretty driven from yeah from a really really young age what was a regular day for you like because you obviously started track pretty early you know yeah and what did your schedule look like because I think sometimes people have this notion of they want to be great at something but don't necessarily understand what it means and what it takes and the sacrifices that comes with being great but what was an everyday look like for you like did you wake up at a certain time like did you have some oatmeal are you an oatmeal person like did you have a shake like what 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 was the everyday life like for you with sport included in it um it was very full-on um I didn't have a lot of time um for me I mean, obviously, I was in full-time education, so I'd wake up, have breakfast. Um, I actually did used to be, we call it porridge, but we'll use the word oatmeal. Uh, oatmeal, <laughs> uh, used to be, corn, cornmeal um, porridge, and I'm Jamaican first, so I'm, I'm with you there. I did used to be a porridge girl. Now, more of a shake in the person. But yeah, I used to wake up, eat my breakfast, um... Another thing is, which is also very different from normal people. Oh, really? Um, which not a lot of people know about me, actually. Um, so, yeah, I actually, I went to boarding school. Um, so I feel like that's something I should probably mention, actually. What was so that like? I go through my regular day. <laughs> and then, like? like, yeah. So I actually, I boarded from the age of uh, seven. <laughs> so I started boarding very young. Um so I was always a very and it was optional like I I chose to wasn't like my parents sent me off and I I actually wanted to board 
Um, you chose to. Why? Why? What was the reason behind? I don't it? know. I was a weird kid. I've always been a very. I've always been kind of weird. Um, it sounded fun, I guess. Um, explain. It was an interesting experience. Explain to, to 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 those who may not know what boarding school is. So I literally lived at school. <laughs> um, so, <laughs> yeah, which isn't what most kids would um, choose to do with their time. So I literally, um, so when I was boarding, when I was younger, um, we would board in a separate house from the, it was literally somebody's house. Um, and so we would, we would, the, the boys stayed in the school and the girls had to go to a separate house. Mm. So um, when I was younger, yeah, we, we boarded. And then when I, uh, I went, to, I boarded all the way from seven up until the age of 16. Um and then when I changed schools, it was a little bit different. Yeah, so I physically lived at school. So I literally would, during my lunch breaks, go up to my bedroom. Um, so it was kind of a kind of a weird one, actually. Mm-hmm. Um, I always forget to mention that in my experience of, of growing up. Um, yeah, so it kind of meant my, my schedule was um, extremely full on. Um, I would come out of school to go to training. Um, get all of my homework done before I left um, at school again. So wake up at school, have breakfast at school, do all my homework at school, come out for training for a couple of hours, and then I'd get dropped back off at school to go to sleep and then wake up and do it all again. Um, to go to sleep back at school, man. That's Yeah. yeah, yeah. I couldn't do it. I couldn't do it. I couldn't do it. I couldn't do it. But, um, yeah, it was... Uh, I had good and, and, and bad experiences of it, honestly. Yeah. <laughs> you know, because that's, that's, that's new for me, too. Like, I didn't know that. But do you think that, like, boarding school taught you a little bit more about discipline, you'd say? Um, hugely. It taught me a lot about myself as a person, honestly. Um, I've always been a very independent person. Mm-hmm. Um, but it made me hugely independent because I obviously didn't really grow up around my parents or my family. Um, it was very much a case of, yeah, well, I, I grew up at school. Literally, um, literally. Yeah, so, like, as much as they obviously take care of your needs, there isn't that same, um, you know, family environment. Um, they're obviously only on the, on the end of a phone rather than them being there in person. So I learned a lot of independence and discipline. Um, I've always been very disciplined since I was a kid, I think, probably because I've always had so much going on. Um, I didn't really have an option other than to be super disciplined. Mm. Um, add so much to fit into my day. Like if I didn't do that at that specific time, then there will be consequences for me the next day. Um, I literally had so little free time that, you know, if I let one thing slip, then that was going to be, you know, that was going to cause future Jody some issues. And uh, yeah. I didn't want to cause future Jody any issues. So I, I would stay on track. Man, I feel like I would have got kicked out because <laughs> I just I, I just like I'm a person where, where I can be in the same place and do the same thing over and over and over again but at some point man like it's gotta it's gotta be a break and how how did you find that break for you like were there times where you maybe say you got frustrated or you got you know lonely or or how did you cope with that yeah, definitely. Um, it's weird. I'm a very introverted person. Um, and I need a lot of alone time and, 
yeah time for myself and to reflect on things so I really struggled um constantly being around other people because you obviously share a room with um with other with other people or other girls Mm -hmm. um so I found that really really difficult just not really having my own space I'm also very neat um very very organized Mm -hmm. so I found it really hard having I'm very particular about my space yeah (laughs) I found it really hard having other people constantly not only in my space but also like if I was sharing a room with messy girls like I really found that hard um so I would always kind of uh and I've always been like this I've always been someone that kind of retreats into myself I would find time alone mm-hmm. um like I said I used to spend my lunch breaks in my room so instead of going to lunch and socializing with the same people that I've been socializing with I'm also not uh I'm not someone that's always loved to have a huge amount of friends so mm-hmm. you know for me socializing at lunch wasn't really a big deal like I could do with missing it I, so I actually used to choose to go and, and this is going to sound really, I used to go and choose to sit in my room on my own at lunchtime um, just to get that space that I needed um, to kind of reflect. And it also, you know, it was the only time in the day that I really had to, to myself. Um, everything else was kind of taken up with, with doing stuff. Um, so I used to take breaks at lunchtime and yeah just take some time to reflect but I definitely struggled um constantly being around others um and not really having my own space um but you know I dealt with it you learn to adapt and it taught me a huge amount uh, about myself and uh about my particularness as well so it was a learning experience for sure you know it's funny because <laughs> um a lot of the things that happen to us or what we go through at a younger stage you know, it, we do adapt, but it's those same things that still get magnified a little bit. And when when you think about you being introverted and kind of just, you know, kind of being to yourself, you're 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 like that now. But your evolution, yeah. Yeah. your evolution is a lot different, you know, because now you can be um, in different environments and you can be gregarious if you want to. And you can kind of just kind of just lay low. And I think that's an important thing that we learn at the beginning stages if we're able to reflect and see just the growth of it but when you left boarding school at 16 um yeah did you enroll in I guess public school yeah so I then went um I then went on to um yeah public school um for my last two years of school um, so I don't know if it's the same in, in Canada, but in the UK, actually, I think they might have changed the law now. But when I was at school in the UK, you, you could finish school legally at 16. Like, um, like all of school? <laughs> like you can be done. Yeah. You don't have to. You only legally have to go to school until you're at 16. Um, so, yeah. So a lot of people, well, I say a lot of people, people do stop at that age. So we have something called sixth form mm. um, or people go to college um which is just the last two years of school so I changed schools and went to sixth form um which was a public school um and yeah I had a great experience there honestly um it was super different to what I was used to um and yeah I actually I actually didn't finish school which is something that I don't know if if people also know about me Mm -hmm. um yeah I uh my final year of school was actually 2012, um, which was obviously my home Olympic year. And it didn't exactly go to plan. So I actually 
didn't end up taking my final exams. Um, so technically, I didn't actually finish school. <laughs> well, you know, I, I, I think, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll get into that aspect of things towards um, a little bit. But when you literally left boarding school, man, you were like at the top of your junior game. Right, like yeah. things was moving and grooving, and, and yeah, you know, sure. I guess you could say <laughs> the legend of Jody Williams was was in full effect. Um, what in track and field? I think in sports in general, well, probably in life in general, really, when you start to get some small wins and you start to develop um, some confidence. What do you think, where do you think your confidence came from to put you in those big meets and these big pressure situations to be able to be successful with each race? Because I think with each race comes a different confidence. But you went 151 races without, without losing a race. Did it ever cross your mind that, that you were going to lose? Do you know what? It's funny that you, you say that. Um... I was actually a very um, insecure um, child. I actually lacked confidence hugely. I actually barely had any confidence. Um, I was a hugely, hugely insecure child. Um, and that kind of came with me into my early adulthood. Um, mm -hmm. So I don't think it was really a case of confidence. I think I was actually terrified. Um, Running scared is a good think, thing sometimes, though. <laughs> yeah, well, I think that's more what spurred me. Don't get me wrong, like, I was definitely um, confident in my abilities, um, but it wasn't really a case of me standing on the line and being like, oh, well, I've got this. It was more a case of, well, what happens if, if you don't win here? Like, what are the consequences? And mm. I think that fear of failing was so great that that, spurred me on to losing just not being an option um so yeah for me it was kind of the opposite of confidence um it definitely like I said I was definitely confident in my abilities and knew you know I think any track athlete or athlete in general will be able to um relate to the fact that you know the more back-to-back -back wins you put together the more you stand on the start line and just think well yeah like you kind of get into a groove of, of winning and it just kind of comes naturally to you um i think winning is actually uh, a skill um so i was just quite good at that skill i know that sounds like a weird thing to say but it wasn't really a case of uh of me thinking that i was i was there and i was going to win um it was literally just like i can't i cannot physically deal with the consequences <laughs> of losing so i'm gonna have to i have no choice but to go ahead and and just do it um so yeah that was kind of my mentality at the time um I was spurred by such intense fear of not living up to what everybody had now placed me as and what I had honestly way before there was any external pressure I've always been a very I'm a bit of an overachiever I have a bit of an overachiever brain and I put immense amount of pressure and and uh yeah just an immense amount of pressure on myself I'm always striving to be better and, and nothing is ever really good enough so um mm -hmm. I think that was always just in me um so it was more a case of yeah just 
I can't deal with the consequences of losing here. So we're going to have to figure something out. <laughs> you know, I, I've, I've, I've always thought that that fear can be a great motivator if you know how to harness that fear and put it in a, in a direction. And, you know, for you, you talk about, you know, the, 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 like, I don't want to deal with the consequences of losing. Um, it literally just reminded me of when you said, you know, um, when you attended boarding school and you know, there were certain consequences if you didn't do what you're supposed to do. Yeah. And yeah. it's funny how it's, <laughs> it's funny how our past carries over in certain ways and we just don't really think about it too much. For sure. Was there a race when, when in your junior time that you said, you know what, I think I can do something here. You know, I think, I think, I think, I think I'm onto some. Yes. I think the one race um there was there was there was one time that I surprised myself, which is very rare, I must say. Me being, you know, a little bit um neurotic in the fact that I have to push myself to extremes. So surprising myself is very rare. So there was one time I surprised myself and there was one time where I stood on the start line and I was like, Yep, absolutely this is this is it. Um so I think um European it might have been I think European juniors. Um I was feeling really good and I think it was in this was at the point where I, I really ran hundreds. Hundreds were were actually my event, uh, which is so far from the case. <laughs> um, yeah, so I stood on the start line and I think I'd been running, I don't know, maybe like eleven fours or something all year and it, I just hadn't really clicked and I was like, No, I I really feel like I can run something crazy here um and I did ish I didn't I didn't run what I thought I was going to run Mm -hmm. um but I did end up running I think I ran 11 I think it's actually still no I'm gonna say it's still my current PR but it's it's not I I actually beat that last year Mm -hmm. you ran Um, 1117 right yeah but it was when I ran 1118 um and I kind of I think it was a championship record um but I in that race honestly believed I could have gone 10-9 like I was really ready to do something um crazy um and then the time I surprised myself is I ran 22 79 I think it was or something like that um which was like a solid almost half a second probably faster than I had ran before um and yeah, that was probably the only time in my track career that I looked at the clock and I was like, wow, I really just didn't, I didn't see that one coming at all. Um, that was the I've only time. 24 seconds. Now. Yeah, to this day, that's the only time I've ever surprised myself um, and run something that I just didn't, I didn't, not that I didn't think I was capable of doing, but I just didn't think at that point in that race that that was going to be what I saw. Um, so, yeah. That was a weird one. That one's always stuck with me because, like I said, yeah, to this day, that's still the only time I've ever surprised myself. Yeah, you know, again, like all 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 of these times you're mentioning are are things that like Stu would always show me, right? You know, he was he was always speaking very highly of you. (laughs) You know, when when you've been around the media and the and being in the public eye so much, and I think. 
I tell young athletes and athletes in general all the time, I said, man, like, you know, there's two sides to every coin, right? They, 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 they love you when you're doing well. And when you're not doing so well, you better expect some criticism and better expect things to come out of the woodworks. Like you have never heard of before. Mm -hmm. When that streak ended for you, what was going through your head? What was because I remember watching that race. I was supposed to be there, but I I, I pulled my hamstring, so you know, <laughs> you know, it just doesn't go that way. What what yeah, was some, it, it happens? What was what was some of the things that were going through your head? Like what was some things that people were saying? Because um, the mentality of sport in life is one of the things that you know we try to control, but sometimes a lot of things creep in when our mind is a little bit cracked. Yeah, um, for me, um, so the first time I lost a race, uh, I, I honestly, I thought it was the end of the world, honestly, like, it was, like I said before, like, the thing that spurred me on was that in such an intense fear of losing, um, so to have your greatest fear realised um of a very large audience and on a very public scale is um not pleasant to say the least especially when you are young um I was 16 um you know I was a very like I said I was a very insecure kid as it was and I was a I was a teenager so we all know what it's like to be a teenager on top of that (laughs) So I was a hugely insecure person. I was a teenager and I just kind of, my greatest fear had just happened on such a hugely public scale. Um, it was just unmanage- unimaginable um, to me. Um, and it took me a long time to, to deal with it, but that's actually not the time that the press turned against me. Um, everyone was actually very sympathetic um I think it was just such a a shock and I kind of bounced back the next year and and didn't really lose any races again the next year so like it wasn't a huge blip um I mean for me personally it was obviously um had a huge effect on my already quite shaky mental state um (laughs) the media actually turned on me a couple of years later and I think that was probably even worse than the original um Mm. loss um just because um it almost becomes and I think a lot of sports people will relate to this like or just anybody that is very passionate about something that they do it becomes you and, and who you are um and that's something that took me a long time to figure out was separating myself and my identity from the sport itself um so when the media turned on me, um, that felt like a very, very personal attack. And it was just after I didn't make the Olympic team. Um, so I was already, you know, dealing with not making a home Olympic team, which I'd been kind of pitted as one of the people to watch um, in the build-up. And then for everyone to kind of turn on me at the same time, like, it was a really... Um, experience honestly um it kind of just felt like the whole world 
was against me and it was only me that had to deal with that um so it was rough rough for sure um, during that period of time about both myself mm-hmm. and sport um in general and and um huge amount and uh now looking back i'm hugely grateful for the uh yeah i feel for my younger self for sure i definitely feel for her um but like i said i i learned a huge huge amount from that experience so uh i'm grateful for it you know for those listening and for those tuning in like you know this 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 is coming from someone who had a very tremendous amount of success from early and, you know, had all these things going for her and all these things going well. And it's that notion of understanding that life is not this thing that just goes straight up and down all the time. Like at some point you're going to come down, but it's like, how do you pick yourself up and, and, and how do you find a way to gain back that confidence and that enthusiasm to believe in yourself to see what you can do moving forward. And yeah. I think I think that literally says a lot about um, obviously where you are now and what you've been able to accomplish in these past couple of years. But how important has it been to you to have people around you that believe in you? You know, sometimes we hear these cliche statements, right? Like, you know, hard work pays off and you got to have good people in your corner. And these, yeah. and, you know, and these things we hear all of the time. But there's a reason why it's a cliche statement, because it's often the real facts. And so how did even now, like, how did you start your journey to one self-discovery of realizing that track is not the all and end all and having the taking a leap of faith to say, you know what, I think there's more here, but I may have to go elsewhere to see where else my potential can be. Yeah, um, I mean, to your first point, like, having people around you that are genuinely in your corner for you, not just for track you or whatever you it is, like, genuinely for you as a person is so important. Um, Because I think my personal experience, and I think a lot of young people in the sports experiences, like, you have people that latch onto you due to your success and that's the only reason that they're there. Um, And I think, you know, those low times definitely show you who's really in your corner and who really has your back as, as an actual person. Um, So it's hugely important to have, have those people in your corner um, who, you know, love and care for you regardless of whether you're succeeding or not. Um, And then, yeah, I think, my journey to um I had to rediscover myself um not even rediscover I had to discover myself um you'll probably have heard throughout this this talk like I never really had any time as just Jody. like my my life young um was very towards doing achieving um so that kind of became my um marker of success was just constant if I wasn't achieving and achieving it wasn't just like small scale achieving if I wasn't achieving and if I wasn't the absolute best at something or doing something that nobody ever done before to me you know my self-worth went down Um, so I had to unlearn those very unhealthy patterns Um, and it took me a long time you know I had to 
um, find other things that I was genuinely passionate about, discover me, really get to know me. Um, and I moved, um, I moved across the world, um, moved to the US. Literally, literally. Yeah, literally moved across the world. Um, this was after a couple more years of just things just not working. Like it was just injury after injury. Things were getting really bad. Uh, the press around me was getting really negative and I was just in a really horrible headspace. So I was just like, you know what? Like I need to just, I need a, not a fresh start, but I need just a new perspective on things. So I literally moved across the world and um, at 22 <laughs> um, and just kind of started this, yeah, this journey of just discovering me and getting to know me. Um, and yeah, I found, uh, I found a lot of things. I found, I'm a very passionate person. Um, so I found a lot of other things that I'm genuinely interested in and genuinely passionate about. And it just kind of means that, you know, I'm not completely tunnel visioned or I'm not completely just as much as, you know, sport is something that is all encompassing. Um, you can get lost in there. Um, you need to know that you have other avenues to, I'm a very, um, creative person so I found um some you know creative avenues to to just you know let off steam I can't um if track wasn't going so well or I was injured or you know I just needed a bit of headspace I found other avenues to to channel my energy into um and that saved me honestly um it meant that you know as much as the blows are still huge to me I still take um track very personally and very seriously that's just kind of who I am um so I definitely still take my losses very very deeply um but it's now enabled me not to just completely break down now and, and lose that value within myself you know I I take it hardly but you know I I now have other things going on and other things that I know um that I'm passionate about and that I know I've got going for me so um yeah it was a it was a long journey it was a still going um don't think it ever ends um but um yeah I'm definitely I'm grateful that I've had all of those experiences and I really had time to to just take a step back and, and yeah find out what what, what Jody actually likes as, aside from just being this athlete you know maybe you've thought about it maybe you haven't but you, you've kind of like you've kind of lived like two lives already you know, like, you know like, I've lived, I've lived many lives. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like, like, you, you know, from from different stages of it, but then you literally move across, you know, the 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 world at this young age. Yeah. Um, I want to like, wh where did the love of coffee come from? Because if anybody knows Jody, knows <laughs> that man. Like, I remember sometimes I'd come in, and I think literally when when we used to train and and go to Exos especially on like Wednesdays our our recovery days you literally always walked in with coffee and I'm like how yeah, what have to. what cup is this you're like seven <laughs> like oh <laughs> um yeah I mean I um I've always loved coffee shops um they've always kind of felt like an extension of home um mm. obviously we travel a lot right so for me um being this particular person that likes my own space, I really struggle sharing a room with other people when I'm traveling. Um, mm -hmm. And I like to find somewhere in that city 
um, that just feels like something familiar and something like home. And I found that coffee shops really became that. Um, so I actually used to order tea. I used to, I've always loved coffee shops. Um, I love reading. I love, um, so I used to just sit in, in coffee shops and, and read or listen to music or whatever, listen to an audiobook, something like that. Um, so I was like, well, I mean, I spend all this time in coffee shops. Let me get into coffee. Um, my, my father's always been, uh, hugely into coffee. Um, so it's always been around me. Um, so I was like, let me, let me see what this coffee thing's all about. And then pff, that was it. I got into coffee <laughs> and with me being me, I became, you know, kind of obsessive about it. And I got really passionate about it. And I was like, yeah, this is, there's a whole coffee community. There's a whole world. Like it goes so much deeper than, than just a cup of coffee. And I've, I've found a uh, community in it. And I found, uh, mm-hmm. yeah, something really interesting. Like I said, it's, it's a, it's an actual passion of mine um so yeah I mean I love traveling the world by coffee shops like I said they always feel like home um but it is also that coffee community and um delving into that world has been really exciting it's like finding another um, it's kind of like sport like how it kind of opens a huge uh, a door to this this huge world of, of people with similar passions it's coffee is the same way um so I found that I was meeting people through it and you know they were similar to me and we had similar interests so it was really cool it's funny because, you know, it, it originally didn't start off as you going to get coffee to get coffee. It started off as you going no. to try to get some quiet and try to find some quiet. Yeah, exactly. Find some peace. <laughs> and and I think sometimes, you know, those small things where we just go to find and to get time for ourselves leads into other things. And that coffee, you know, led you to many more coffees, but it also led you to another passion that also led you to another passion talking about you know one of the one of the ambassadorship that you're with and that's project waterfall yeah Mm -hmm. so tell me tell me a little bit about project waterfall because as i was reading up on it um for those listening um project waterfall from what i read it brings clean water um sanitation and education to coffee growing communities across the world access to Mm -hmm. clean water changes everything child mortality rates drop girls spend more time in school women can start their own business and dignity is restored to the communities from coffee. Yeah. Tell me a little bit about that because most people don't know that you have this philanthropical side of you and you're a big advocate. For sure. Um, It's something that I've always been someone that um, has a very deep desire to help others that's what I've always felt like life is all about um you know we're human beings we're supposed to live in communities communities is literally what we are made for um and you know I found it in lots of different things I'm part of lots of different communities um and I've been fortunate enough to meet so many different people um so it's always been a deep desire within me like I said to to help people um and the older I've gotten and the more I've grown and the more I've educated myself on things there are so many things that I've become passionate about um so I mean starting with Project Waterfall um like you said there are there are a, a charity that brings um clean water to coffee farming communities um 
you know, a lot of coffee farmers are working in, you know, not fantastic conditions at all. Um, they're poorly paid or like they're working crazy hours. And not only that, but a lot of it is really rural villages um, mm -hmm. and they don't mm -hmm. have, you know, clean water. Um, so for me to be kind of participating in this huge coffee culture that is in the West and all over the world and to know that I'm buying into something that is not, you know, it's <laughs> that's not fair. Um, it made complete sense for me to to get involved. Like you said, I've always had that side to me and it's always been something that I've wanted to explore. It's definitely what I want to do after track. It always has been. Um, and on top of that, um, I, I've always wanted to help women and girls. Um, mm -hmm. So that's the other thing with this charity is so it brought so many of these things together. Obviously, I love coffee. Um, I want to help um they're bringing clean water to to people that don't have clean water but often it's the it's the women and girls that have to walk for hours to go and get this water from the nearest source whether that be a well or whatever um mm -hmm. so they're walking for hours to go and get this water and then obviously hours to bring it back so that's taking up their whole day effectively to go and get this water um so for me, I mean, it made complete sense, you know, if we if we bring clean water and access to clean water, then these girls now have time to actually go to school. Um, girls' education is something that I'm so big on, um, that I've really been reading up on in the last couple of years. Um, and so many girls are living in places, I mean, all over the world, girls do not have, you know, equal opportunities, but there are so many girls that are living in places that you know, they're literally seen as second-class citizens um, yeah, yeah. and they don't have access to education. Um, and I just think that's such an important thing. Girls' education changes so many different things. Um, so, yeah, Project Waterfall kind of ties all of that together. You know, if these girls aren't having to spend all of their time going to get water, they can now go to school, the women can start businesses, you know, they can actually have lives instead of having to spend all of their time walking to collect water. Um, so yeah I mean it's it's been really interesting to have had the opportunity or um having the opportunity to explore that that side of things and that side of me um like I said it's definitely something I've always been passionate about and been wanting to get into and been wanting to explore um so yeah I'm definitely uh I'm excited um, to get involved and to actually, yeah, explore that side of me and, and actually, you know, start helping and start getting involved in these things that I've just been kind of milling over in, in the background. The empowerment of young women. Um, mm -hmm. You also work with uh, FemLead, correct? Yeah. And for those listening, FemLead is a non-governmental organization whose mission is to empower young women in Uganda to reach their full potential. And the question that I want to ask next is, you know, where, where does, where did the inspiration in your heart to say, you know what, I want to be an advocate for young women and young people out there? Obviously, you know, the way that we're raised um, kind of helps that and, and, and things that we're, we've seen throughout our own experiences. I want to ask how was there an influential person in your life per se that maybe has been an inspiration to you 
And I'm, from what I've read, um, your grandmother, Pearl, before she passed away, uh, mm-hmm. that was someone that you found inspiration in? Yeah, for sure. Um, she was an amazing woman. You know, she, um, her and my grandfather um, came over from Trinidad um, in the 60s. Um, they were part of, in the UK, we have um, the Windrush generation when a lot of, um, you know, Caribbean people came over and, and immigrated to, to the UK. And my grandmother and grandfather were, were a part of that Um and they literally created this this life um, in a completely foreign country. Um, they were faced with so many so many difficulties. You know, they were in the middle of a hugely racist time as well. So I can't even begin to imagine the uh, the just the amount of hurdles that they would have had to overcome. Um, and my grandmother was so strong. She was such a strong woman. She was such a um, empowering woman um, so for me like I've always had really strong just female role models in my life um, I've always seen really great examples of of strong women um, and I've always been empowered to be a strong woman and, and to go for my goals and to um, yeah not let anything stand in my way um, so I mean for me to know that that's the background that I come from and I've, I've been empowered and it, it would be crazy of me not to pass that on. Um, so many women aren't empowered. And like I said, so many, there's so many girls around the world that are second, second class citizens and are just going through hugely just horrific circumstances. Um, so yeah, like if I can pass on that, that empowerment that I've been fortunate enough to have in my life from such strong females um and knowing the the strength that that gave me um yeah like I feel like I just I have to pass that on um and like I said I was a very um shy and quite retiring young girl um so I think I definitely would have benefited from having that empowerment in my life um to to know to well, I did benefit from having that empowerment in my life and to always be backed and and be told that you know that I can do whatever I want to do um so yeah I would definitely like to to continue that message and I feel like I can I can relate to to young girls that are um maybe not necessarily the most outspoken or you know the loudest in the room or whatever so yeah I would definitely like to pass pass some of that empowerment on that I've been fortunate enough to receive in my life absolutely and you know I I I haven't spoken to your mom but I've seen her a bunch a lot and and yeah and she has that same that same glow and that same love inside of her as I'm sure the women in your life do um but let's get to these last five questions. It's just, you know, five questions, easy questions, fun questions. And, you know, we'll, 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 we'll see how well you do. You ready? Oh, goodness. Yeah. <laughs> it looks like a test. I'm scared. This is not a test. This isn't, this isn't one of those things where you got to work yourself up. No, this is no fear on this one, Jordan. Okay. Because you already know how Question. I feel about failing. <laughs> <laughs> Question one. If you were trapped on a deserted, des- deserted island, was I struggling to say deserted? Wow. wow. De- deserted island for one yeah. week. What are three yeah. things you could bring with you? 
three things I'll bring with me. Um, my Kindle, so that I could read. But how are you going to charge it? Oh, well, let's just imagine that it's going to be charged. <laughs> it's, it's solar, solar energy. <laughs> it's got long, it's got a long battery life. It will last me for as long as I can. Okay, okay. Do I need to survive during these things or are these? You will definitely need to survive. Oh, no. So I'm talking about my Kindle and I need to survive. Wow. <laughs> you probably need like a knife or something. A knife would be a good one. Maybe a, maybe some matches because I don't know how mm. to start fires. So I feel like some matches will be useful. So my Kindle, yeah. some matches, because important. Um, and what else would I need? I, I was going to say, I, I want to bring some some headphones so I can listen to some music. But that's not, <laughs> that's not survival either. Um, I've got matches for light. I feel like fire is all that I need. I can, I'm going to bring my Kindle some headphones to somehow listen to music out of air I guess maybe my headphones have something in them already and they're fully charged and some matches to survive man that may be a billion dollar idea right there I think so question two uh, what is the most coffee you had in one day um probably like eight eight that's yeah. mad. I'd eight? say eight. Eight would probably be the most I've ever had in one day. Yeah. How did How did you feel after that eight? Oh, uh, I was wired, for sure. And like some sleep? of them were probably double shot too, so it's probably <laughs> more than eight shots of espresso. Um, but yeah, yeah, I've had some crazy coffee days. To be fair. Yeah. Um, yeah, and you feel unstoppable. I can't lie, but then the come down is is hard. Real. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's mm-hmm. very real. So eight, eight in one day, uh, some doubles. So you know, let's 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 round that up to like fifteen. We'll say yeah, total. probably fifteen shots. Uh, question three. You know, twenty twenty has been a complex gray area year. For sure. What was one lesson that this year has taught you? Um, this lesson. Mm, this year has taught me so much. I can't even lie. It's been a, a year of huge growth. If I'm going to bring anything out, it's uh, appreciate the now. Um, mm. That's something that I definitely struggle with. I, I live either in the future or the past. I'm either planning something crazy far ahead or I'm evaluating what's gone on. So I, I struggle with being present. And I think this year has taught me that you you never know what's going to happen. You can't plan that far ahead. So mm. learn to appreciate the now. Question four. When you crossed the line in 2019, right, to claim the British title, yeah. right, you're, 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 you're back, you're, you're back, you're feeling like your old self. Yeah. Um, you screamed when you crossed the line. Oh, right? yeah, I did. I did. What, what, what was going through your head? Like, like, did you, like, were you, like, were you, who, who were you screaming at? <laughs> <laughs> oh, goodness. And, and, and I say that because, like, look, like, like, I know you personally, but you're not a person to really show emotion like that, like on a track. That's right? the thing, right? So I'm like, like yo, who's this girl screaming at? Like, <laughs> who vexed her? I'm not an uh, an outwardly emotional person, um, but I am a very emotional person. Um, mm. um, like I said, I'm I'm very very passionate. So in the rare moment that that actually comes to the surface, like it's explosive. 
Oh. So that was a rare moment that that it was just caught on camera. Like I was very <laughs> in that moment. Like that is how emotional and, and passionate I am. Um, but it is, yeah, like you said, it, it's rare that, that I'm outwardly emotional like that. So uh, it was probably quite shocking for for people. <laughs> um, but yeah, like it was just, uh, you know, an accumulation of, of years of just not quite getting it right um, uh, for it to finally come back and, and for me to almost prove to myself that you know I, I can win um mm-hmm. that was that was a huge that was a huge moment for me for sure last question with, with everything that you've been through everything that you've uh grown into everything that you're still trying to figure out if there was one word to describe jody williams what would that word be Ooh, one word passionate passionate shout yeah. out to the person for making these questions man because that's a that's a good five right there i think that's a good that's a great five questions <laughs> if I people like want to keep in, keep in keep in contact with you stay in touch with you because they definitely should and want to uh what where can they do that at? um i guess instagram is a at at Jody Alicia or Jody Alicia as people like to say but it's actually Alicia <laughs> um but just in case people are like what's Alicia it's, uh, Jody Alicia um See, yeah I think there's... that's pretty much my handle for everything um but I'm mainly on Instagram I'm not much of a a, a, a tweeter um so um, yeah most most stuff you can find me find me on Instagram well Jody, thank you again for taking the time to be on here. And you know, I'm a I'm a I'm I'm a person who I think as people we need to start giving people their flowers when they're here. And so I just want to say, you know, especially from you sharing some of the things that you shared with me away from this, you know, what God has in stores for you now and moving forward um, is going to be some things that is going to be completely blow your mind and the works that you are doing for the youth and the women are truly remarkable and I pray that it continues to prosper and I pray you continue to be authentically you and to keep being a light that the world needs so don't 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 get emotional emotional. no no, no, we're not doing that thank you that was really lovely (laughs) Jody thank you again so much for being on I appreciate you. Thank you for inviting me. Have a great rest of your day. Thank you. You too.